thank you so much for joining us this morning for this incredible conversation. As I said to you, we have a phenomenal young woman on the line with us today. What an inspirational story. Her name is Felicia Huisen, of course, as I said, the founder and CEO of FG Wellness, author, youth and wellness counselor, certified life coach. And Felicia, I gave them your entire, entire background (laughs) so they know who you are. Thank you so much for your time today and joining us here on Elevated on Radio Pulpit and Radio K Pulpit. Thank you so much for having me, Jenali. I'm so honored to be here. Felicia, I want to take you back to the beginning. We, of course, all know that you are the daughter of Vanessa Huisen. We all know her testimony very, very well. And you are the child that was born in prison while she was incarcerated in Thailand. You were, of course, sent back to South Africa after being born in prison at the age of three. Now, I know when you're a baby, you don't remember much, but do you have any memories of being in prison as a child? Yes, I do have. um, And it's not full memories like we have when we're older, but more so um, glimpses and emotions um, and feelings, more so that. And it only came up when I was 19 years old. So between ages three to 19, I did not remember a thing about the time in prison or the time I left either. Mm. And when I was 19 years old, it was a very difficult time in my life. I was in university, first year university. And at that point, I really, I was really not doing well. I was just constantly sad. I felt hopeless. I, 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 I got sick a lot. Mm. Um, I didn't go to university. I skipped classes uh, because I was just so fatigued and so exhausted. And one night, I it was I I was sleeping, and when I woke up, I think it was in the middle of the night or so. All these memories just flushed. Mm. The smells, the feelings. It felt like a heart that was trampled on and broken into so many pieces. I was like to myself, how did that three-year-old cope with all of this? You know, I, I, till today, I'm like, wow, Mm. that is why the brain suppressed all of that. Because as a three-year-old, you cannot cope with such confusion and thinking, being with your mother one day and not seeing her for two years the next day. And she promising you that she will come soon. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, um, you removed from a familiar environment where the prisoners were your family, where you had your mother there every day when you used to a routine, to being, you know, thrown out into the world um, mm-hmm. with a different environment, different people, different food, different everything. And what I do remember, I that feelings of confusion and just uh, so afraid, just mm-hmm. so scared, and um, feelings of feeling unsafe and rejected. You know, at that time, you think your 
or you understand that your mother does not want you like where is she why did she give you away in a sense and that built up throughout my years um and and in the, the book i go in detail about you know those feelings and experiences because at the age of 19 experiencing all of that was just so traumatic Mm, for me as a 19 year old yeah I can imagine yes that ripping like you know when you get ripped from something Mm. and your world just falls apart and that was the time where my childhood was gone yeah yeah you know experiences like that changes you yeah yeah um I am I'm taken aback by you saying that you know you are ripped away from what you know to have been your home. And to everybody else, that's a prison. It's the place where people want to get away from, you know, you want to get out of prison. Mm. But so interesting to understand that for you, that was your home. You were born yes. into it. Um, you Not by choice. That is where you were born into. Very interesting. I can't wait for people to read the book. Felicia, I do want to ask you, what do you think it is that triggered those mem- memories to come back at the age of 19, as you said? Mm. To be honest, I, I don't know. You know, um, it could be God's timing where, um, because that really sparked it was the deepest of deepest holds I've ever been in in my life, even though before it felt I was in a hole, but this was 10 times worse, mm. where I knew that I just cannot get out of it. Mm. Um, as much as I tried, I couldn't get out. And at that point, I also weaned off my medication um, because the, 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 the side effects, I just felt so numb. You know, and of course you can't win off your medication. And that was also probably added to it. Mm-hmm. Um, So it was at a place in my life where I wasn't bathing and I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to clean. I, um, as I, I, I mentioned, I was struggling in school. I didn't want to go to university. I didn't have the energy. And then going through these memories, I hit the lows are lows where I said, you know what? Because previous suicidal attempts, I, you know, tried to make it subtle so my parents find me, they don't find my limbs or, you know, things in my body parts mm. in different places. Um, I still wanted it to be peaceful so it's at least okay for them. You know, they can still look at me um, at the funeral and those type of things. But at this point, I was like, you know what? No matter how my family finds me, me i'm going to do this i am so tired especially living every day just to survive and not to kill yourself is um it's not a life to love and then the memories coming back that intensified the rejection intensified you know the trauma that i went through um but thereafter um my mother vanessa decided to come visit me and she came and she told me, Felicia, either you sit here and feel sorry for yourself or you get up and you make a difference with your life. And she told me about what Jesus can do for me. And at that point, I was like, is this woman really saying this to me? Like, I am at the lowest here. And yeah. she doesn't understand. Like, I was, you know, I was so angry. And she walked out of the room. And then I actually thought about it. 
I say to myself, what else do I have right now? Alcohol is not working. Um, self-harm is not working. The medication's not working. Like, what do I have right now? And I was like to myself, okay, maybe let me try this Jesus. Um, and if he doesn't work, and then I'll definitely go ahead with my exit plans. I even wrote um, letters to my family at that point in time where I was tired and I didn't want them to blame themselves, you know. Um, so then I went to my mother and I'm like, okay, I will try Jesus. And she led me through a prayer. And from that moment, I just felt a weight lift off my shoulders. Um, and I obviously thought, okay, cool. This is how life is going to be now. Um, yeah. Next day. back to reality but now you had jesus to carry you through it and of course we are so glad that jesus worked for you we'll talk about your relationship with god a little bit later but what again once again what an incredible story uh felicia you freely talk about the legacy of being a so-called prison child and that's also the title of your book what does this term prison child mean to you yeah, so the title Prison Child, um, when I look at the book every single time, it hits me in a way where reality hits. Because mm. many times you go through things and you don't really comprehend what you've gone through. And it was only after the process of the book where I truly comprehended what mm. I've gone through. And then I was like, how am I still alive? <laughs> because I'm like, Wow. Because, because we, we feel like go through things in life and because it's our life, we don't know anything different. We know it's not okay, but it's a life that we loved. Mm. Mm. So prison child, it's not only the part where I was born in prison, right? Um, that is an obvious um, statement and also lived in prison for three years, yeah. basically incarcerated yeah. Yeah. without a crime. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second point is the labels that was put on me, especially in the media. When you go back and they speak about my mother, they always refer to me, you know, as um, the child in prison, um, things like that. So it was a label. It wasn't like Felicia, mm. um, you know, in prison. It was labeled. Mm. And the third thing was, Carrying that throughout my life imprisoned me. The childhood experience that I experienced, um, that separation at three, you know, that moment in my life changed my life from a child that was a child Mm -hmm. around people that she was familiar with, an environment she was familiar with, and then ripping her out into a new environment that was actually for her benefit. That was actually yeah. for my good, you know. But for me, the prison was home. The outside was the well, enemy, if I yeah. can say. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very foreign. And that changed everything in my life. So I carried that hurt, that pain that rejection, that experiences, and it imprisoned me mm-hmm. for years sure. up until um, the age of 19. Um, so that's what prison child means for me. It was being born in a prison, 
um, being labeled um, the prison child and then also being trapped mm. within myself as a prisoner from the experiences as a child mm -hmm. that changed my life and inner turmoil. Yeah, Felicia, you now touched on it a little bit, but you were raised by your mother's best friend um, after you were sent back home to South Africa. How did you cope with being separated from your mom? You did touch on it now a little bit, but that feeling of being separated, but specifically blending into your new foster family. Hmm. I do not completely remember the blending and the um, integration part um, because kids are very resilient. Um, so I'm sure, and they got me help from the clinical, not a clinical a child psychologist mm. um, that assisted them and assisted me at that time. And only time would help me integrate. Mm. And they were a very stable structure for me, my foster parents, which are my parents. They loved me as their own. They treated me as their own. Uh, they done everything for me that they could. Um, so the environment was safe. Um, I just had to learn. I had to learn about the environment and just get used to being there. Um, so that's what I would say about the the integration. I don't fully remember that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. I understand. What was your relationship like with your mother, Vanessa, while she was still incarcerated? Um, there were quite a few years that you still kept contact with her. I know people will read more about it in the book as well. Yes. So the contact with her, my mother, Vanessa, used to write me letters. So when I was younger, she used to draw pictures explaining like, um, you know, the stick men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. would draw she would draw the stick men and then name, okay, um, this is, she would always say Fifi. So Fifi and then mommy, um, she would write and then she would put a message bubble saying, I love you, things like that. I miss you. So she would do it in drawing. She would draw her hand. So when it arrives to me, then I can put my hand on it. So our, uh, my mother Melanie would help me draw and send to her but my mother Melanie mostly gave the updates of how I'm doing and as I got older my mother Vanessa used to write me letters and put stickers all over the letters and I loved loved those stickers and then I wrote and I put stickers all over um, the letter as well as I got older it became more straining on me because you'd write a letter it will arrive two months later you have to reply on what happened two months later and then add the new things and it it started affecting me with my reality trying mm. to integrate just trying to move forward in a way and I stopped writing for a while my mother Melanie always encouraged me and when I went to Thailand think about maybe four times um, through the time she was when I left and when she came back I went four times and with those visits you can't touch the person you separated by glass and it had holes in the glass and that's who visits unless we're lucky to get an inside visit where we can actually hug. Um, so that would be my everyday when I went to Thailand um, from the place where I stayed to the prison every single day.
um, you went there with missionaries, right? If I understand correctly, there was a missionary that took you guys there as well. Um, you went on your own one time, if I'm not mistaken. I can just imagine yes. as a young child having to get on a plane, Felicia, to go to prison to go and visit someone in prison. And you sometimes went with other children whose parents were also incarcerated? Yes, yes. Um, other kids and we all bonded. Um, till today we're in contact with each other. And it's only two of us that actually speak about it. And she's the only person that gets me and I'm the only person that gets her especially with those experiences she was always there to protect me and be there she was always the strong macho one I was always the scared person <laughs> this is scared child so she'd hold my hand on the flight you know she would um really take care of me and we just basically two weeks apart so mm-hmm. she's two weeks older than me um so she'd really take in we, we really bonded um as well through that time and as I got older, going to Thailand was basically normal. Mm. It was just um, something you do. And on the other hand, it's a very confusing dilemma. Because mm. on the one hand, I really didn't know my mother, Vanessa. I knew she was my mother. And I knew that I had to go to prison. Um, but my mother, Melanie, was my mother. Mm. And then going to Thailand, looking at that situation, but also going there and the fact that it's familiar um, so after my trip to Thailand, I realized how traumatic that was mm. for me, mm. you know, going then trying to integrate back as well, um, coming back was a lot. Let's now get to that place where your mother, Vanessa, is released from prison in Thailand, comes back to South Africa. I mean, the whole country was up in arms about it. We were all celebrating. It was Mm. all over the media. But what was it like for you? For me, wow. When we found out that my mother, Vanessa, is coming back, I was in unbelief um, because for years and years, she promised she'll come back and she did not. And I waited. Um, So this time around, I said to myself, I will believe it when I see her. And two weeks leading up to her coming, I was not feeling well. So normally when I'm stressed or worried, it comes through physically because I don't, I didn't verbalize things at that time. So I would pass out at school. I, my stomach would be upside down. I was nauseous as well, throwing up. And at that time as well, um, before my mother's release, my mother, uh, Melanie, passed away. Um, so that was a very difficult, I was still mourning. And after her passing, about a month after her passing, uh, my biological father um, rocked up and he told me he's my father. And at that time as well, the media, they were super mean. They were calling me. I- I don't know where they got my number. They were threatening me, saying if I don't release my mother's um, release date mm. and time, um, they're going to come to the school and embarrass me with cameras at the gate, you know, things like that. I had to change my number at that point. And with that is the anticipation, as I said, I'm waiting for my mother. And at that time was the World Cup. Um, celebrations as well and people were happy I was angry at people being happy <laughs> as well 
um, it was a very difficult time. And to be honest, I wasn't coping. I also had a lot of nightmares thinking when my mother's release, they will maybe shoot her or the plane will crash or um, something will happen just for her not to be there. I was definitely struggling with the difficulties with, you know, life really doesn't happen for me. I I am truly a mistake. I am truly um, unloved. I was very angry at God because I couldn't understand why this God who's supposedly supposed to love me is allowing me to go through all of this. Mm. Um, because um, my mother, Vanessa, my mother, Melanie's passing was just the tip for me. You know, um, so I'm like, wow, I, it seems like I cannot get the one without the other. Yeah. I always have to lose something. So I was struggling with that mm. um, feelings. And to be honest, it was, it was cool, still happening. And at that time, I was, I always struggled in school, but specifically, I struggled more at school. And some teachers were understanding, some teachers weren't. There was one teacher that actually said to me, um, um, what did she say? I think she said something around, um, I do understand that, um, your, your mom, Melanie, your mother passed away and your other mother came back, but this is no excuse for you to slack in your schoolwork. Um, something along those lines. It's not the, you know, it, yeah. um, and also it, it was difficult because everything was on the news. Mm, mm. A release was on the news when I got to school. Um, all the students knew, you know, mm. people were staring. Um, there were people at school bullying me. So they printed out the article, sent it around the whole school at that time. And then, um, it was, it was a difficult time. Um, I, I honestly don't know how I got through that. Just the grace of God, I think. And, and, um, you, you spoke earlier about how you, you made Jesus and how that helped you through it all. I do want to encourage our listeners to go and get the book. Um, we unfortunately busy running out of time, but I promise you, Bazalwani, if you get the book, you will get the testimony. You will get everything that you need to get. Just quickly, uh, Felicia, how did your relationship with your mom, Vanessa, heal? How did you get to a place um, where you are able to have a healthy relationship? Where are you at at the moment? We're at a very good place, if I can say. So the journey was she had to heal. I had to heal. And we had to let go of of the pressure we're putting on each other. I was putting a pressure on her um, basically as well, comparing her, how a mother should be like, mm-hmm. you know, especially having experienced how my mother Melanie was as well and trying to figure that out. And then with herself, um, the pressure of, you know, having to be that mother. Mm. Um, so we came to an agreement and acknowledged that our relationship, our story is very different. Mm. You know, let us settle to be friends and let go of that pressure mm. of this is how a daughter should be. This is how a mother should be. This is how a daughter relationship should be. Mm. And once we release that pressure, we actually started to build a relationship. That is absolutely And beautiful. from then on, it was build and build, working through things, um, addressing things, 
been a long journey, um, but we are in a good place and there's still a lot of more healing to be done, mm-hmm. you know, as all relationships, um, more building, more healing, more experiences. Sure. Um, we are so happy that you decided to open up your heart and your story uh, and tell it with us in your book. But what made you decide that this is the right time to write the book and actually open up? I love what you said earlier that as you were writing, you found more healing and you realized there are more things that you needed to deal with. I can identify with that. What made you decide this is the time, Felicia? Okay, so what many side this is the time. So 2011, I wanted to write a book um, and put, because I was in a rough place at that time, and I thought writing would help, um, but I thought about how it will it end because I'll still be miserable and sad. Um, so I just put it on the side. And as I went on, I knew that I will write a book, but I thought maybe in my 60s, you know, when I have some life experience. <laughs> um, so when I got older and the healing journey, and at this point, my clients and the clients we receive at FG, really most of them feel alone. Most of them feel unheard, you know, as young as they are. Um, they feel like they the only one going through it and listening to all of that i say to myself you know what i'm i'm here not sharing my story um it's time and i pray and i'm like lord if you really want me to share my story and write this book you will send me the author you'll send me the publishers you will sort everything out because you want me to do it so yeah. you know yeah you do have it. to sort everything out <laughs> yeah and he did he wow. did and um I just wanted to be a voice to the voiceless. I wanted to be that person that I needed, you know, at that point to say, it's okay to talk. It's okay to share. It's not weakness. Mm. You know, it's okay. to. You don't have to go through it alone. You don't have to kill yourself to um, have a better life. Healing is possible. You know, it is there. Um, So that's what I wanted to get out there. Something and I was vulnerable in the book, um, super vulnerable. And I'm a very private person. So I was like, let me do it properly, you know, because people need to see, identify um, with this. Mm. And um, after that, when we started writing the book, day two, I was like, I can't do this. It's a I was yeah. on the verge of giving up. Yeah. I was like, I, I can't do this. And I felt so bad because I had to fly all the way to Cape Town. And I just said, I just can't. And I prayed. I was like, Lord, if you want me to really do this, it's hard for me. Like, I want to run with everything inside of me. You, if you really want me to, I will do it. But you strengthen me. You give me a scripture. You give me a word. And he gave me Philippians 4 verse, I think 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And he just gave me a piece and I pushed through. Um, every day, though, I was dreading um, documenting. I was dreading it every single day. Some days um, I had anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Some days I couldn't get out of bed through this whole process. And after the process, so much freedom, mm. so much freedom so much liberation and i know that this book i cannot take any 
accountability. I wanted to give up. So this is really God's. Wow. <laughs> it's God's wow. work. Wow. You know, um, it's his work. It's his. Sure. Because I would not have followed through with it. And I at do all. Not- I do know that when people read this book, they will also receive that freedom and they will read Mm. God's story through your story as well. And um, as I said, we've run out of time, but I know you also document your relationship with God in the book. And, and so please, as I said, present child available now, Felicia, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for the incredible encouragement that you are and, pushing through the uncomfortable moments and feelings in order to share your testimony. Where is the book available? How do people support you or get hold of your services? Because you also offer life coaching and so much more. Yes. Um. So the, the book is available, exclusive books at Bargain Books, at PNA, at um, Kum Books, um, online ebooks like Amazon, Reader's Warehouse. Um, you can get it from Take A Lot as well and um, through my company, FG Wellness, if you want it personalized as well. So you can get hold of of me um on and you can look at myself on www.fgwellness.co.za you can email us at info at fgwellness.co.za and or you can whatsapp us on um 073-662-4667 and we are truly a company where we focus on youth parents and teachers mental health and holistic wellness meaning every part of your life is important because we are designed as a whole person right and especially um, as Christian people we can neglect our mental health you know many times we want to pray things away um we sweep things under the carpet we want to pretend that everything is fine but that's not what god wants for us god wants us to heal mm-hmm. you know so i would like to encourage everyone to take that step of healing choose to heal um because if not it hinders your purpose it mm-hmm. hinders your growth and god had a reason when he said we need to forgive yeah you know, so um, that's what FG Wellness is about, supporting youth parents and teachers um, through counseling, life coaching. We have um, wellness programs. Um, we have workshop and embracing you to help you um, embrace every part of who you are as a person and who God has created you to be. Can't wait to see where God is taking you. Felicia Huesen, thank you so much.